like, do you think I'd mind if he took production offshore because of Australia's IP laws? <laughs> I'd probably notice, yeah. Michael from HC Pro, a printer in Horsham working with Redbubble. We've heard about them in a previous episode. It's something that does need to be cited at legislation level. I, and clearly it has a really big impact on our business. You know, if, if, uh, if Redbubble is to be held accountable for what people put on their site and sell under their name, then that is certainly going to affect what happens to us. Yeah. You know? So yeah, we care a lot. This is his reaction to Redbubble's CEO, Martin Hosking, publicly threatening to take Australia out of the Redbubble equation due to the federal copyright legislation. It's not happening, but the threat was made and reported by the press in mid-2018. I'm Courtney Carthy, and in this episode of Scale Up from Launch Vic, we hear a little about the problem of safe harbour for copyright laws in Australia. These are sort of like an acknowledged exception for internet companies with user-generated content so they don't get sued for infringement. Then, one lucrative way Redbubble is hoping to avoid hearing about them again. And finally, Martin reflects on the tough times early on in the company's life when lawyers knock and an attack on the company turns personal. It's a difficult one to defend freedom of speech and it's a different, difficult to defend um, creative expression. And we've seen this in Australia as well because it's very easy for the opponents on the other side who are wanting to limit it to portray um, uh, those the, the defenders of this as creating something which is objectionable or creating something which you know, you know other people find offensive. Scale Up is thanks to Launch Vic. Find them at launchvic.org or on the major social platforms. There's great information about Victoria's startup ecosystem, resources for startups if you're working on one, and events to launchvic.org. Redbubble is by no means all supportive feedback, colourful artist tutorials and sales notification emails. The business courts controversy without even trying most readily user-generated controversy. Free speech has been at the heart of the company and is passionately defended, particularly by Martin. But the freedom of creativity and design hosting those images on your servers and simply having so much of it leaves the door open for users to upload, whether they're aware of it or not, copyrighted content. This, of course, is dutifully acknowledged in the prospectus, mentioning that only two court cases have been brought against the company in over a decade and that, I'm quoting here, Redbubble could be held liable for intellectual property infringement under changed laws to all be forced to change its policies or business model, which sounds pretty serious. One recent case brought against Redbubble by the Pokemon company, in the ruling the judge said that copyright problems were inevitable. The case was decided against Redbubble, but the damages awarded to Pokemon were only $1, and Redbubble are appealing. Another group that's had a go for copyright infringement is the Hells Angels, that Hells Angels, that has a lot of facial hair and quite a few motorbikes. A Queensland newspaper ran with the headline, Bikies Sue Hipsters for Hurt Feelings. They do have a trademark for their logo, and really did mention hurt feelings in their submission. Both cases are ongoing when this episode was produced, so we'll turn away from them to the underlying and more important point. 
This is about Australian internet business regulation and Redbubble's willingness to get on the front foot, particularly visible in their plucky campaign to advocate an amendment to Australia's copyright law. The amendment would extend safe harbour protection to service providers like Redbubble. If it wasn't going to pass in Parliament and become law, Martin, like we said, suggested publicly it might be high time to up sticks and get Redbubble to another land. So leaving for us is actually not selling to Australia. And it's not about it's not about where the staff is or the headquarters are. It's actually the, the issue is none of that. The issue is not to do with any of that. The issue is to do with sales into Australia. And because of the lack of safe harbour laws in Australia, it's difficult for companies like Redbubble to make sales to Australian customers. That's where the resist, risk lies. It's not difficult for us to stop doing that. And so that would be you know, 7% of our sales would be potentially at risk. But the real issue for me, in, in, and the reason why I want to be clear about it as well, is that if we were to do that, it's very, very hard to think of you know people backing companies which rely on user-generated content as part of their business model. And, you know, people say, well, how many companies is that? It's a great deal. You know, it's obviously companies like like um, uh, ourselves, but a new Reddit or a new Snap, or you could be a new app, for example, which is, you know, guys, you know, photographs of, um, you know, what goes on in gyms or exercising. You know, if there was a logo of, a, of an Adidas or a Nike in that part of that photograph shared on the internet, that can be make you potential li- potentially liable as well so anything which has user generated content as part of the model uh, is is at risk and my concern with all of this is that yes if Redbubble was to stop sales that's a pretty easy decision for us here but it would be a very serious consequence for 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 any investment in the Australian technology sector overall uh, for for that to occur and that's that this is independent and it's quite independent of where our where our head office is where we're listed as a company and where our staff are Thankfully, the amendment was passed in June 2018 and included service providers, educational organisations, archives and a couple of others. Key phrase for Redbubble, service providers. I should note that Redbubble's already got a team devoted to receiving reports about infringements on artist copyrights and processes in place. These were even noted by the judge in the Pokemon case. Removing Redbubble from the Australian market was an absolute worst case scenario, incoming CEO Barry Newstead told me. Immediately after saying that, he highlighted the importance, not just for Redbubble, of Australia in keeping up with technology relevant legislation. Here's Barry. A lot would have to happen for Redbubble to sort of close up shop and, uh, and stop selling you know, to Australian customers. Um, I hope we never really have to uh, have to face that, and you know, I, I think uh, uh, because I, th- I think it would be a real shame for Australian customers, Australian artists, and all of us who you know live here. But probably most importantly for Australia's future as a country, which you know is positioned to take advantage of of the internet and innovation in general. It's it's a it you know the world is not going to. The world is not static. You know, the status quo will not exist. You know, or will not be the be the opportunity for future success for this country. And so, we have to find ways to, you know, welcome innovative companies. And policy needs to follow that. I think it's really interesting, by the way, that uh, that American companies that have come to Australia have had had laws changed. You know, to enable them them to innovate. Um, for example, Uber. Uh, you know, there there's there's legislation in 
Victoria and in New South Wales, you know, and probably in other in other states to enable them to operate. And those those that legislation was only a result of of, of a company like Uber showing up. And I think. You know, I w- it would be great if, if our policymakers took similar notice to, to, to the needs of Australian companies that are trying to innovate and change and create an environment where we can create real superstars uh, out, of our own, out of our own backyard. Regardless, Redbubble has a very lucrative way to avoid copyright infringement, well, at least some of it, while also satisfying the pop culture artistic enthusiasm and create more products available to buyers. Let's call San Francisco. Hey, this is Karina. This is Karina Davis, a senior executive with Redbubble. I'm the chief legal officer of the company and the EVP of business development. And I've been with Redbubble for about uh, going on six years. So I've been one of the longer members of the team. One thing that had been puzzling me was whereabouts the new growth for Redbubble would come from. Surely there was something else other than expanding the product range and more things to be sold in more countries around the world. Turns out there is. We're working with different brand owners and licensors to enter into partnerships that will allow the Redbubble artists to create content around the different brands. So um, an example would be Sony Pictures. where we, We just did a deal with them. We're working on a few of their um, movies properties. So Jumanji, for example, we just did a really fun um, partnership where the Redbubble artists could create artwork um, inspired by the Jumanji movie. Along with partnering to create an e-commerce outlet for official Jumanji movie merchandise, nine independent artists from Redbubble's community were chosen and they created designs as well. Redbubble had a similar arrangement for the Groundhog Day movie 25-year anniversary. There's a link to this in the show notes. Closer to home, Redbubble partnered with the State Library of Victoria so that artists could remix their archives. This one was a competition, slightly different, but similar concept. Again, link in the show notes. Martin gave me a bit of a sales pitch for this new branded concept. Oh, so brand partnerships. So the biggest issue which you know brands have, or one of the biggest issues that they have, is that you have the emergence of of brands at extraordinary pace. So Kylie Jenner is, is you know you know you know like a lipstick brand in a space of two years, gone from zero to eight hundred million dollars in sales or whatever it is, something huge. Brands are trying to traditional brands which have relied on mass marketing and mass production and mass advertising uh, and established media are now having to deal with social media and engage consumers and you know what what and 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 authenticity and so what red bubble brings to that is actually a you know a lot of artists and a lot of creative people who want to work with some of the established brand properties and want to you know make the and 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 would like to you know work with them and 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 help the brands and also have content which they can repurpose so i think that uh, uh, brands are now coming to us and saying you know can we work help work with the artists and can we engage to create um creative content now we've got an example of this in around the room here we're sitting in a room and in in the room there's these big cushions and on each of these big cushions is work which has come from this based on work from the state library in victoria um, and the state library worked with us uh, worked with red bubble artists to create content related to their product so that's 
that's an example of this sort of partnership. Um, that was with the State Library, but, but it could be any major brand or, 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 or property which has got uh, intellectual property which they want to uh, wouldn't they want to engage with a um, with you know independent artists on. So that's that's the nature of that opportunity there. Uh, we've had some examples of that was with you know Groundhog Day with Sony Pictures uh, and others and there's been a few small sort of what I could think of as beta projects there but we're expecting more out of that so that's I think has a lot of opportunity for us um, similarly I think that you know as we you know right now the number of products which we produce is relatively limited 70 or 65 or so, uh, it could well be to, well over 200, and I think what's possible with print-on-demand technology going to increase, given how disruptive Redbubble is to traditional, re- to traditional retail, with no inventory being required, then it and with sort of you know vastly more um, um, content types, you know, or more relevant content, it, you know the opportunity there will continue to go, and, and I think as people say, oh well, I can. I'm interested in eucalypts in Australian rainforests. So I can have an entire, or I can have a whole range of art related to that, uh, on the cushions, on the, you know, whatever it happens to be on my tableware, etc., my towels. Then that all becomes possible to create, you know, quite um, distinctive product sites and product sets. So yeah, those are those those are they they're really extensions of where we are. But I think Redbubble's in a very unusual position of, you know, being quite visible on what you know what a billion or two billion dollars of sales look like within our current opportunity set without having to do something fundamentally different he sometimes he'd be um you know um used as you know a bit of a punching bag for for people as well and you know he's the most kindest uh person with the incredible integrity as well so you know he'd have to be incredibly stoic to get through all those challenges paul vanzella co-founder of redbubble we've heard from him before and when you look through the news articles regardless of whether there's something good or bad it's martin's photo that's always present and up until 2018 when he's decided to step down as ceo more often than not it's him on the front foot providing comment we're a couple of moments where i think um i think there was the the hitler artwork This was the hipster Hitler controversy in 2011. As the story goes, adapted artwork from the satirical comic by a couple of Americans that showed Hitler doing his Third Reich business, but as a hipster. You can look their website up, it's still there, hitlerhipster.com or in the show notes. In 2011, someone found their work on Redbubble. In the fallout, one Melbourne law firm said they will not act for Redbubble in the future, noting they had provided some advice in the past. Martin held firm amid the controversy, defending it as a genuine parody and saying they discussed it with Jewish groups previously. PayPal launched an investigation and Facebook shut down the hipster Hitler page. In the end, the images were taken down by Redbubble after consultations with the Anti-Discrimination Commission and Martin at the time was quoted saying that the artwork had crossed the line by the fact that some people could misunderstand or misrepresent the parody. Experiences like these that involve content have been the most difficult, Martin says. Now, not speaking specifically about this case, but more broadly about supporting freedom of speech, he's much like Paul said, 
stoic. Martin sees a higher and necessary purpose in defending this artistic freedom day to day. It's a difficult one to defend freedom of speech and it's a different, difficult to defend um, creative expression. And we've seen this in Australia as well because it's very easy for the opponents on the other side who are wanting to limit it to portray um, uh, those the, the defenders of this as creating something which is objectionable or creating something which, you know, you know, other people find offensive um, and and the argument which you try and advance that it is you know that it is actually unless you're defending stuff which people find objectionable or, or, or other people find offensive it doesn't require defense you know if, it, if, it, if it's completely anodyne or, and, and, and doesn't have any 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 um, anodyne or, or un- inoffensive then it doesn't require a defense um, and now art is like this um, and I have a pretty high tolerance for the value of art as creating, as, as requiring defending of creative expression. Um, now, it is no coincidence that um, tyrannical regimes will go after the artists first, whether or not be, that be in um, Soviet Russia or McCarthy going after Hollywood. Um, and you know, what their argument, which they will always advance, is that it does not achieve a social objective or it's offensive. Uh, and we've seen this most recently during the Russian... Uh, we just finished the, um, the the world football and it was Pussy Riot ran onto the field. I would defend that as legitimate creative expression. I know it offended people. I know it was, you know, people could say that there's a whole bunch of reasons why they shouldn't have done it but it's actually drawing attention to an important issue. Now, we have had those sorts of controversies in Redbubble, and at one particular, in fact, more than one stage, they have got incredibly personal, uh, and they have been incredibly personal and, frankly, objectionable attacks on me as a, me individually. Um, that included, um, you know, me being called a Nazi and, you know, lots of social media and which had nothing to do with out of sync with any any reality uh, and out of sync with what was actually what I was what was actually going on um, those were challenging and uh, I think that it's hard when it's, it's it's a very hard but not a bad lesson to learn that you know when your reputation is being very challenged by people for frankly quite disreputable reasons uh, that included lawyers here in Melbourne um, a law, law firm here uh, we have frankly went quite off the rails and misrepresented a situation in a malicious way um that stuff is all <coughs> is always challenging because they're hard to refute those arguments when what you're actually when when you know when the, the, there is a when creative when creative stuff is being is out there and you don't you disagree with it you may disagree with it personally but you still defend it and so those have been probably the hardest times when i've actually had to defend creative expression even though the content i may have been defending was not i didn't agree with and and that, that assumption that you agree with it because you're defending it is a very easy one for pretty malicious actors I'd mentioned it in a previous episode, Martin's appreciation for Rudyard Kipling's poem, If. Here he is reading parts of it and why he finds it applicable. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't let too good nor talk too wise. Um, That is, and if you can do this, 
it sorts you know the 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 end point but if you can if you can be or being lied about don't deal in lies if you can actually maintain your integrity when those around you are not maintaining theirs um it is really um it, it it's very clarifying it is very clarifying and what was distressing about this this particular incident was how how well quite a number of people probably well-meaning people in some ways were prepared to thoroughly misrepresent a situation for quite malicious reasons yeah and, that- and so and for me what that did is it clarified that actually i don't give a shit what they think you have to be you have to genuine and, and not only what they don't think you have to you have to find your integrity outside of what other people think about you 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 are not who you are not whether or not people are liking you whether or not you're being liked on social media whether people are saying good things about you or bad things about you all of that is noise all you really have to do is have some degree of fundamental integrity and be doing what is right and not actually getting and 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 not getting swayed by the noise particularly uh, probably particularly if it's malicious and not letting your emotions be swayed by that as well so it actually teaches resilience and i and in that sense i'm genuinely grateful Coming up in a moment, a glimpse of our next episode, the penultimate instalment on Redbubble. And remember, there's more info in the show notes if you're interested. Thanks for listening to Scale Up from Launch Vic. Share the podcast with a friend or colleague if you're enjoying it and find Launch Vic online, launchvic.org. There's great information about Victoria's startup ecosystem, events, talks, and resources for startups if you're working on one, launchvic.org. Next episode, Going Global from Melbourne. We were about six or six or seven. Yes, compared to now that we're close to 200. It was uh, interesting to see the, um, the price at the bottom of the UPS manifest each day. Uh, more than what it would cost to purchase the, the single item or uh, something like that? Uh, you would count it in kind of you know, the number of times more. They are promoting what's wonderful in Australia on a global basis because they're global businesses. 60% of the time they think that we're Red Balloon and that we sell V8 supercar hot laps. That's next time. I'm Courtney Carthy. Thanks for listening to Scale Up from LaunchVic.